Do you feel that you're losing the battle with looking and feeling your best? Stop! Welcome to Body Balance Talk with your host, Lucy Hewitt, and her guest experts. Your body has an outstanding ability to heal itself and stay healthy. It's up to you to get the process started. Now, here is Lucy Hewitt. Welcome to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy Hewitt, nutritional therapist. And I'm Madeline Hewitt. Very excited to be on the show today. And I'm Jeannie Schmidt, PharmD, and we'd like to welcome you to our show today on lifestyle and nutritional strategies for home and work. Changing your diet and lifestyle can seem overwhelming, and depending on how often, how you're living now, you may need to completely revamp your life. Other people may need to make only a few fine-tuning adjustments. So wherever you are in this process, we know we'll have some good practical tips for you today in our show. We'll talk about how to plan your meals and what you should be eating. And we'll discuss how to navigate the landmines at home and work, the consistent treats at work and getting home after work too tired to cook, and what to eat when you're rushing out the door in the morning for work. We'll even talk about the finicky kids and what to feed them. And we'll transition to lifestyle habits such as TV watching, stress relief, exercise, and meditation. Take a look at the types of meals and snacks you're eating now. I'm guessing that you eat a breakfast with very little protein, maybe cereal or toast or skim milk or juice, and take a look at your, st- your snacks. Many people might eat a piece of fruit for a snack, and it seems like a healthy thing to do. It so does. So we would suggest that every time you eat, you get protein, fats, and carbs all together and not eat them separately. You'll notice the difference in your energy level. It will help you avoid the highs and the lows. So let's go over these three ingredients, starting with protein. And where do you find protein? Well, we find protein in good quality meats. Examples would be 100% grass-fed beef, free-range chicken or turkey, lamb, goat, or duck, and then fish and seafood. You can go with canned tuna or sardines, everyone's favorite eggs from free-range chickens, cottage cheese, organic Greek yogurt, or protein powder. And aim for about 20 to 30 grams of protein three times a day. Lucy, what do you mean 20 to 30 grams? How do you know what that is? If you're talking about a serving of meat or fish, it's roughly a palm size. If you're talking about cottage cheese or something in a container, it's about a cup of cottage cheese or yogurt. Or three eggs is actually one serving of protein. Really? Three eggs? That sounds like an awful lot. I mean, I I just have one egg. Well, try increasing that. And a lot of times people have that response because they're loading their breakfast with these other foods, like too many carbohydrates and not enough protein. So once you change the ratios and you have a balanced amount of proteins, carbs, and fats, you'll notice that three eggs might be perfectly doable for you. Well, so Lucy, can you tell us like what, why is it so important that we get this protein, especially at breakfast? Like what is the point for that? Yes. The reason for the protein is to give you amino acids necessary necessary for building and repairing your body, but also for feeding your brain those important amino acids. 
And what, what, what do you mean by amino acids? These are the building blocks of the proteins. So all types of complete proteins contain all nine essential amino acids that we need to help fill your brain receptors and make them happy. Oh, and I that- see. Yeah, yeah, I remember last week we talked about this and we talked about how that abundant and consistent supply of amino acids, it really helps fill your brain receptors and it makes your brain happy. And then that translates to reduce cravings. Yes. Now, yeah. And and I'm just going to say that again, because it's just, it's actually quite a profound statement that eating protein, just something as simple as those lists of foods that Lucy just listed off with the beef or the turkey or the eggs or cottage cheese, just eating that on a consistent basis can really help you reduce or eliminate your cravings. And so many people struggle with cravings, right? Madeline, you must have experience with that. Oh, definitely. I mean, now that I've been taking amino acids and changing my diet quite a bit. I don't have very many food cravings, but as a child and even in high school and after that, I really, really struggled with food cravings. Like the only thing I could ever think about was what I was going to eat next. And what you'll notice is when, when you don't have enough protein for breakfast and how much was that again, everyone? Yes. 20 20 to 30 30 grams. grams. When you don't have enough protein for breakfast, it sets you up for cravings later in the afternoon, like what Madeline was talking about. And we talked about that last week, how when your brain lacks the right amino acids, it makes you crave things like sugar and salt and all those carbs and any addictive substance that helps you feel better. And listeners, call in and tell us about your experience with cravings and maybe even your experience with breakfast. Maybe you start the day with half a piece of toast and coffee, and then maybe you have lunch with a salad and low-fat dressing, and then 3 o'clock hits and you're going, uh-oh, I, I need, popcorn, need popcorn, and I need some Junior Mints, and get me the M&Ms. And that low-protein and low-fat meals set you right up for cravings, and it sets you up for binging and yo-yo dieting. So no. let's stop all of that and get you feeling better. Now, do you think that really happens, that people actually have these kind of cravings in the afternoon for things like popcorn and candy? Oh, Absolutely. Yes, and they seem to think that afternoon is the time that they get tired, that maybe they've gone through the day and they're just tired and they want to go home and sit down. But that could be why they're craving these foods, is that their body needs some amino acids to be able to think clearly and to have enough energy to keep going through the day. And Lucy, what you're really talking about is if you set your day up right with protein for breakfast, and remember it's 20 to 30 grams, which seems Mm -hmm. like a lot for a lot of people. But if you set your day up right with the protein, that it can really help you not crave those kinds of candies and popcorn and those simple carbs in the afternoon. And yep. we, we really think that some of you listeners must have experiences with those afternoon cravings. So feel free to just call in and let us know about that for you. But for now, I think it's, it's time to move on to fat. What do you think, Lucy? Great. Aim for at least one tablespoon or more of fat per meal. Now, that to- sounds like really a lot, a tablespoon. I mean, I've heard about low fat. You know, a tablespoon is an awful lot. I mean, maybe you meant a teaspoon? Nope, I meant a tablespoon. Some people even 
prefer a little bit more, like three tablespoons at a meal. Wow. I, you mean like Crisco? And I mean, really, that, that sounds really unhealthy, Lucy. And no. it's a lot of calories. And, you know, I think people are going to be concerned about getting fat if they're eating two or three tablespoons of fat. Right. Well, this is not talking about the Crisco or the margarine or those unhealthy damaged and refined fats. The key is to choose only high quality fats and oils. And these high quality fats and oils are going to help reduce your cravings further, keep you satisfied, and we'll keep talking about... Well, what's high quality? You mean like expensive ones, like expensive Crisco and margarine? No, this would be the exact type of fat that you're getting. So butter, butter from grass-fed cows is actually a high quality fat. So I hear people gasping, right? Butter? Butter has tons of different nutrients in it. Organic, extra virgin coconut oil. These are both saturated fats that we've been told not to be eating. But we need these saturated fats for our brains. Extra virgin olive oil. That's one that most people have heard about, right? Cold-pressed sesame seed oil and canned coconut milk. Olives, avocados, raw nuts and seeds. These are all examples of ways to get fats into your diet. Okay, now I use that coconut milk that's in those cartons and there's really not a lot of fat. So I'm not sure why you're saying that that's a good source of fat. Right. This is the canned coconut milk that you're wanting. The canned kind is a concentrated source of fat and the kind in the carton, that's just going to give you that little taste of coconut. So we are looking for good sources of fats, good amounts of fats. And the the importance of good fats, it just can't be emphasized enough. Yes, exactly. Because every single one of your cells has a cell membrane around it. And so you think of maybe like nerve cells and muscle cells and brain cells, red blood cells, white blood cells. Every single cell in your body has this thing called a cell membrane. And it's actually composed of fatty acids. And the proper fats that are incorporated into your cell membranes is a huge determinant of the health of all of your cells, which translates into the health of your entire body. And your body cannot run effectively and efficiently if your cell membranes aren't operating in an optimal fashion. And saturated fats are an important component of your cell membranes. Oh, now wait a second here. You mean the the saturated fats Lucy was just talking about? Like which ones is that? Olive oil? Like omega-3 fatty acids are... Oh, no, the saturated fats. Like, which, which ones were... Lucy just gave this list of all the fats. Which, which ones were those? Lucy, can you just tell sure. us which ones were the saturated fats? Yep, the butter is a saturated fat and the coconut oil is a saturated fat. And when we're talking about butter and being a high-quality fat, you want to get the grass-fed butter or pasture butter. That's- so you mean that saturated fats are actually in your cell membranes? Definitely. Well, that seems really odd to me because we've been told for so many years not to eat saturated fats. Like we've been told to eat no butter and certainly don't don't eat something like coconut oil. And wouldn't you think that that would not be good for your cell membranes? Well, did you know that 50% of your cell membranes are actually made up of these saturated fats and your brain is mainly made up of saturated fats? 
Wow. And so it's really a problem if you're if you're not eating any saturated fats at all. That sounds like that's really detrimental to your health. Mm-hmm. And if you're not eating, if you are eating a low fat diet, even then you're not helping those cells and not yeah. helping your brain. You know, I just found this out. Did you know that your brain holds 25% of the cholesterol in your body? So like of all the cholesterol you have, 25% of it is in your brain. I thought oh, that wow. was really interesting. And then if you if you could possibly weigh your brain, you know, take it out, put it on the scale, one-fifth of the brain weight is actually cholesterol. And so what do you think happens when you lower your cholesterol abnormally to abnormal low levels? guess what happens? Your brain shrinks because it's supposed to have all of this fat in it. And did you also know that cholesterol is what makes up bile salts? And bile is used to break down and digest the fats that you eat. And if you're on, if you're very low in cholesterol, that can interfere with the fat breakdown and absorption. And what about kids? Well, children with their growing brains have an even higher need for good fats. And if your child is eating what we would call a sugar breakfast, cereal and milk, juice. No, wait, Lucy, that, you know, there are cereals that are these healthy cereals. So I'm not sure why are you calling that a sugar breakfast? Those foods are mainly made out of carbohydrates, like cereal is made out of grains. And all these different carbohydrates, like grains, for example, break down. Once they're digested, they're broken down into glucose, which is sugar in your body. So even if there's not added sugar to these cereals, they still break down into a lot of sugar into your bloodstream. Oh, okay. So you must mean then milk. You're not talking about that milk has any added sugar. Exactly. it's just that milk has that the sugar, the lactose, which is actually a sugar. And that's, that's right. treated in your body just as sugar because it's broken down into glucose. So that's interesting. Something that so many people eat and give their kids cereal, milk, and juice, really, I guess you're right. You really would call that a sugar breakfast. Right. So what do you recommend for kids? Well, we recommend changing that meal to include a few tablespoons of fat as well as protein, but some fat examples, coconut oil and butter. So back to those saturated fats for the kids. And many parents and teachers have seen a dramatic mood and attitude and energy change in children once they lower the sugar, increase the fat. So for example, some eggs for breakfast cooked in butter with some vegetables. That's a great start for the child's day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you've been on a low fat or no fat diet, you can expect changes in your own energy level and your food cravings, and you'll improve your focus and your concentration when you increase the intake of good and healthy fats. Well, that's really good news because I happen to know a lot of people who really struggle with focus and concentration. And this seems like such a simple thing to do is start eating good fats in your diet and that can improve your focus. Is that what you're saying? Yep, that's what we're saying here. And even the eliminating the bad fats can make a big difference here. When you were talking about Crisco, that's what we would consider a bad fat or partially hydrogenated or fully hydrogenated fats. Taking those out of your diet and then eating more of these good healthy fats is going to help with the brain and the focus. 
Does it, what about your blood lipid profile? You know, like when you get your cholesterol checked and the LDL, what does it do for that? You know, it actually helps you improve your blood lipid profiles. So all those, the triglycerides, total cholesterol. And the key here, again, I can't emphasize it enough, is to eat the good, healthy fats. And that means going through your kitchen and throwing out the vegetable oils, such as corn oil, soybean oil, any oils that smell rancid, Crisco, margarine, any fake butters. These are all containing trans fats or hydrogenated fats, and they can also be damaged or rancid fats. So it looks like it's time for a break. Now, remember, everybody, we're taking callers. Call one 866 Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Take charge of your fitness and take charge of your healthy life. Listen for Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. Think back over the past week, the past month, the past years. Are you like a lot of other people? Too busy with the kids, work, travel, social calendars, business calendars, the day, the night, this and that. Make the decision to be healthier. Just do it. Chad Austin has made a living from motivating people to stop excuses and make fitness a priority in their lives. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others... Wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the Cancer Coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine, navigating the cancer maze with host Grace Goller. We'll help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon, U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach Lucy Hewitt or her expert guests, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now back to the show. 
Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy, here with Madeline and Jeannie. Before the break, we were talking about proteins and fats. Let's discuss carbs now, everyone's favorite. And you're thinking about those sweet rolls and your morning uh, muffins. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, really, <laughs> sweet rolls and in? muffins. Yeah, if you want to be healthy, those just don't fit into your diet. We suggest most people drastically cut down on grain consumption and focus on getting your carbs from mostly non-starchy veggies, such as spinach, cauliflower, broccoli, Swiss chard. And as a treat, add a serving of starchy carbs, such as carrots or beets or sweet potatoes. And aim to get at least 10 colorful servings of vegetables every day. Yes, that's about five cups of veggies every day. The different colors represent different phytonutrients or plant chemicals that send good messages to our cells. Those messages tell our bodies to turn on health-enhancing genes and turn off those disease-causing genes. The foods you eat can actually impact your gene expression. And we don't recommend loading up on grains, fruits, and legumes, which are all starchy carbs that break down into high amounts of glucose. If you choose to eat these starchy or simple fruit carbohydrates, like Madeline said, the grains, fruit, and legumes, use small amounts to supplement your meals, like a half a cup or less at a time. I have some really good news. There's a brand new book that was just released this week, and we just got it here in the studio. It was released, I think, on Thursday, and it's called Grain Brain. (laughs) Grain Brain. And um, it's written by this renowned neurologist, Dr. David Perlmutter. And it's called, again, The Grain Brain, The Surprising Truth About Wheat, Carbs, and Sugar, Your Brain's Silent Killers. And Dr. Perlmutter talks in depth about the problems with grains, even whole grains, and the health of your own body and your brain. And we've all been taught that whole grains are good for us, and here you're going to learn what they are doing to create inflammation and trouble. And again, the book is called Grain Brain by Dr. David Perlmutter. I'm so excited to read that book. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really good one. Mm -hmm. So let's change our discussion to meal ideas. Okay, let's start with breakfast. Protein shakes are a good option for most people. Oh, I love those. That's something that I have pretty much every day. Yeah, they're a really good source of protein. And they're easy to digest and a simple, tasteful way to get in more vegetables. And how a shake works well for most people in the morning is that uh, it's one of those liquid foods that you can just take it in the car and drink it while you're on your way to work. Or maybe you make it at home and then you bring it to work and have it at your desk. So it's pretty quick and easy. You can just make it and bring it right there. And It's great if you're not a big breakfast fan as well. A shake can be lighter than something like eggs or meat, but it still gives you the protein and nutrients to last until lunchtime. And remember before the break, we talked about we need that protein to prevent cravings later in the day. For your morning shake, choose a high-quality protein powder without sugar or artificial sweeteners, heavy metals, or other contaminants. And unfortunately, a lot of protein powders are contaminated, so get a high-quality product. One of our favorite brands of protein powder is the Sun Warrior Blend. The proteins are pea, hemp, and cranberry. 
These proteins are less likely to cause allergenic responses. Most protein powders on the market contain soy or whey protein, causing food reactions. Well, for how many do you make people. a shake? I mean, how how exactly do you make the shake? Well, to make the shake, you would combine the protein powder with water, raw nuts, a raw egg, or some good oils. And then you add vegetables such as raw spinach or kale or cooked broccoli or cauliflower. Now, do you have and- to cook the broccoli? Yes. Yep. I One time I made it with raw broccoli and that was not even edible. But I actually love having the steamed cauliflower. That's my absolute favorite. The broccoli is good too, but the cauliflower is my favorite. So and you, all you put have to, it in there hot? Nope. All you have to do is, is steam it so it is hot and then you cool it down, like put some ice on it until it's cooled down or keep it in the freezer or make it the night before so that you can put it in the freezer or the fridge and use it in the morning. So can you definitely, make up a lot in advance or do you have yeah. to make it new every day? I make up a lot in advance, like two heads of cauliflower at once, and I keep it in the fridge or I'll put some in the freezer for later. Yeah, and I I love storing mine in the freezer because when I put in the frozen cauliflower with the rest of my shake, it makes it a little bit creamier and thicker versus just cauliflower from the fridge. But it really works from the freezer or from the fridge either way. And you don't even taste it, do you? No, 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 not at all. I don't. Well, now I have to say I have tasted it before, but that was a time there were two things I did once. I didn't cook the broccoli well enough. And I don't think it's that you have to really overcook it. It's not that, but it might, my broccoli was still really, um, really crunchy. And then I could taste it in there. And then other times I've just put way too much. Like once I put about three cups in there and then I could really taste it. And I, I think that if you, if you really love that vegetable flavor in there, there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, that was just a little bit too much broccoli. I kind of prefer about a cup and a half. And you like the spinach. You don't taste the spinach as much, do you? Yeah, exactly. The spinach just seems to go right in. And in my Vitamix, I feel the whole thing is pretty much filled to the top before I turn it on. And there's, it's a big handful of spinach I put in. Now, kale has a little bit stronger flavor. And so just for me, I prefer the spinach. But if I'm going to use kale, I just use one or two leaves of it. But I do know of other people who really, really love that vegetable flavor. And there's, there's no problem with loading it up. You know, it looks like we have a caller. Priscilla is on the phone. And Priscilla, what can we do for you today? Well, I had a question. I was looking in my cupboard and I was looking at my Crisco and my my oils and I was thinking, well, what am I going to use in place for roasting potatoes or frying pork chops? What a great question. So we talked about a number of these different fats. And Lucy, why don't you review those different fats that you can use in place of Crisco? For your pork chops or your potatoes, is that what you're asking? Right. Great. Great. Instead of Crisco, great. Well, some of these saturated fats, like the the grass-fed butter or the coconut oil, are going to be great replacements for the Crisco. Yeah, those are great ideas because the coconut oil and the butter are very, very stable fats. And so when you heat them up, they're not going to damage the fats. Now, you just want to make sure you don't heat it so hot that it's smoking out of the pan. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, yes, thanks for welcome. calling. Bye-bye. That was a good question there. 
Yeah, so moving back to the protein shakes, what we were talking about with those. Remember to always add about 20 to 30 grams of protein. And if you're using that warrior, the sun warrior blend, that's about one scoop of the protein powder. So about 20 to 30 grams of protein, plus a few tablespoons of fat. So that might come from your coconut milk and one or two cups of veggies. So with this caller, we were talking about using uh, butter or coconut oil, but we probably wouldn't put coconut oil in a shake, right? Right, it's going to get all stiff. If you put that in there, it's just going to be these hard lumps of fat. Mm -hmm. So you want to use the right fats for the right thing that you're doing for the cooking and the eating. Exactly. So how do you make a chocolate shake? Well, for example, uh, use the Chocolate Warrior Blend and then add a few tablespoons of cocoa powder to make it even more chocolatey, some almond extract to bring out some good flavors, about a third of a cup of coconut milk, and steamed broccoli and raw kale. Then add water and ice, blend, and it's ready to go. Now, Lucy, do you ever make that one? I do. And uh-huh. the broccoli makes it nice and creamy. So does the coconut milk. Yeah, I've I've heard also that instead of the broccoli, you could actually use a, a, a sweet potato. And mm-hmm. um, that's really good for people who are just starting to cut down on their carbs. And um, if you're still needing to have a little bit more carbs, that's a good idea for you. And as you eat fewer and fewer of those starchy carbs and you transition to the broccoli and the other non-starchy vegetables. But we don't recommend filling your shake with fruit. And that's often when we find that people are talking about... Um, Um, shakes or they're talking about smoothies they're thinking of things like that there's maybe some sherbet ice cream in there and then some milk and then it's filled with bananas and fruit and then a little bit more fruit juice and that's not going to be a good kind of a shake or smoothie for you just simply it's just completely filled with sugar so we actually recommend people not use fruit at all especially not bananas because of their high sugar content however if you're really set on fruit and you know there are absolutely good benefits benefits of of fruits. But if you're really set on using those, use a small portion of some frozen berries and the ones like the blueberries, the raspberries, or the strawberries. And what's another breakfast idea besides a shake? Well, what about eggs? Cooking them on the stove with veggies like kale and tomato and peppers and a few tablespoons of butter. Then add a little bit of sweet potato for more carbs if you need it. Now, don't eat the egg whites and throw away your egg yolks. Half of the protein in the egg is in the yolk, and the yolk also contains amazing nutrients. That's where that yellow color comes from. Did did you just say not to eat the egg whites? No, don't only eat the egg whites and throw away your yolks. You want to eat the yolk and the egg whites when you're making your eggs. So most people just eat egg whites, right? All of those egg white omelets. We want to eat the yolks and the whites. Um, And speaking of eggs, I've come up with a new recipe for myself. I don't enjoy cooked spinach, but I know how beneficial it is. So I use my immersion blender to puree two or three handfuls of spinach with my three raw eggs. You immersify it all together, and then it's a big green liquid. Pour that into a frying pan with a little coconut oil, and then add other veggies to the mix. And then you have delicious green eggs. Spinach is hidden right in. Oh, that sounds kind of fun. And it seems like kids would also like that with that green color. 
Mm-hmm. So everybody remember that when you're planning your breakfast, design it with a combination of protein, fat, and carbs. The same idea goes for lunch. Aim for 20 to 30 grams of protein, a few tablespoons of fat, and lots and lots of veggies. And Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, what about a spinach salad? That's a good idea for breakfast. Or I'm sorry, for lunch. Yeah, I always like having salads, and sometimes I like to put raw snap peas and some cherry tomatoes and sliced bell peppers or broccoli and a few tablespoons of olive oil. And then you throw on a few sliced olives or a handful of nuts to keep the seasoning simple. And maybe you add some dry herbs or Himalayan salt or some chili flakes. Well, what I really notice about that salad is you were listing off all of those vegetables is that they're all these different colors, that you've got the red in the tomatoes and the greens and the snap peas and the broccoli. And you've got, if you use yellow peppers, you've got the yellow color in there. If you use the cauliflower, you've got white. And what's so great about that is all those different colors of vegetables give you so many different phytonutrients that are so healthy for you. And besides salads, what kind of other ideas that we have for lunch? We could also do lettuce wraps, and that's an alternative to a sandwich or a salad if you're tired of the big vegetable that you need to eat with a fork, or you're really missing holding on to something. Combine some cooked meat and vegetables and seasonings, load it into a lettuce, when it's time for lunch, and then there you go. You pick that up and eat that. You know, I see what you mean because when we start working with people, often one of the things that they miss the most is sandwiches. And they're going, if, if they're not going to be eating bread anymore, and they say, well, what am I going to eat instead of the sandwich? And we find that these lettuce wraps actually, for some reason, just having something in your hands is different than eating it with a fork, and it gives you just a different sensation. But what if you're going out for lunch? Well, if you're going out for lunch, you might want to order a piece of meat or fish with a side or possibly two sides of vegetables. And sometimes, I'll just point this out, when you look on the menu at the sides, there aren't any vegetables on the actual menu. But basically every restaurant, if you ask for a side of broccoli, they'll bring that to you. So they usually have that. You just have to ask for it on the side. You could also add a green salad just to add some more vegetables. And then would you use the dressing on that salad, Madeline? Well, I wouldn't because there's usually sugar yeah. and, and, you know, mysterious ingredients in the dressing. No, so bad oils. Yeah, those bad oils. So I would order just olive oil. And then I, uh, I always like to put Himalayan salt on my salad. Yeah, you know, I do too. I actually carry some Himalayan salt in my purse when I go out and just get that out and ask for my food to be prepared without salt and then just put my own on. And what about leftovers? Could you ever eat those for lunch? Yes, that's a great idea. And dinner ideas could be a crock pot meal that you started the morning before and you have this dinner and then you save some for lunch later the next day. Yeah, imagine if you started this crockpot meal, and then you get home, and before you even open up your front door, you can smell this amazing aroma of a home-cooked meal. So you Mm. open the door, and there it is, ready to eat. Do you know what? Do you know what, you guys? The other day, it was, it's been hot here, like 80, and so we'd leave the windows open in the house, and I drove home from work, and I drove into the driveway, so of course my, my car window was open. I drove into the driveway, and I could smell our chicken cooking oh, 
in the house, like all over the neighborhood. Oh my gosh. Doesn't that just just, make you ready to eat? Well, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's just really amazing and it's just, it's easy. So how do you do it? Well, the Crock-Pot meals are easy for everybody, but especially for those of you who don't cook. And this is the easiest thing in the world to cook, and you don't even have to turn on your oven. So go ahead and purchase a Crock-Pot. They're really inexpensive. Buy a frozen chicken or a fresh chicken, either way. Open it up, put it in the Crock-Pot with one cup of water, and cook it on low all day while you're at work. Make sure you cook it on low, not high. Cook it on the low setting. Then you come home and it's ready to eat. You can pair it with some cooked vegetables in a salad or season the chicken with Himalayan salt and pepper or any other herbs and spices that you like. And if you didn't catch all that, go to our blog at mybodybalancenutrition.com and watch our video on how to make a crockpot chicken. Once you master simple chicken, advance yourself to various grass-fed beef cuts, beef stews, lambs, or find new ways to use this cooked chicken. Oh, and it looks like it's time for break again. So everybody, remember, we're taking callers. You can call us at one 866 472 Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Ready for in-your-face, smash-mouth talk? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune into Anything Goes featuring Ike Mega Griffin. He's got the facts to back up the talk and invites you to join him every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, just before the weekend on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Mega tells it like it is. Make the most of your beautiful life. Listen to Ageless Living with Dr. Tong Lee and co-host Kurt Wilhelm to gain tips on how to live healthier and happier, alleviate suffering, prevent disease, become more beautiful in body, mind, and fashion, and find peace, balance, and success in your life. Are you aware that every 3,500 calories that you eat above what you burn will put a pound of fat on your body? And running one mile only burns 200 calories? So portion size does matter. And migraines do have a cure. What is it? You'll have to tune in Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Body Balance Talk. To reach Lucy Hewitt or her expert guests, please call into the program today at 1-866-472-5792. 
That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to info at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Body Balance Talk. I'm Lucy here with Madeline and Jeannie. Right before the break, we were discussing meal ideas for dinner, and we were talking about making a simple crockpot meal. If you didn't catch how we make that, go to our blog at mybodybalancenutrition.com. Watch our video on how to make the crockpot chicken. On there, we also have a recipe for beef stew. So once you've mastered that simple chicken, advance yourself to other dishes. And the key to making lasting changes in your diet and your health is planning. These are all very simple things that we're talking about today on the show, but they do take planning. And you'll find that after you're in a roll with this, it actually takes less time to prep and eat your meals because you've planned ahead. It definitely does. That's the first step. And then um, you start to come up with more and more ideas. So another idea for dinner is a grass-fed beef burger on top of a salad or with a big side of broccoli or kale sautéed in that pasture butter. Because remember, when you're planning your meals, you're combining a protein, a fat, and vegetables. And then some carbs, like a starchy veggie, like the pureed sweet potato soup, especially good for fall and winter. Or you can try making homemade tomato sauce with ground beef over spaghetti squash. The squash has a very starch-like texture that can satisfy your want for pasta. Make that tomato sauce with beef ahead of time so all you need to do that night is prep the squash. Just remember, you're always combining 20 to 30 grams of protein, a few tablespoons of fat, and then carbs or lots of veggies in each and every meal. And we're just going to move the topic a little bit more to lifestyle. We've been talking a lot about diet changes, and we're going to move to lifestyle and address stress. Knowing that anybody that is seeking good health must address excess stress in their lives. And one of the things before we get into how you're going to manage the stress and what are some tips for that, let's just take a moment and talk about where does that stress come from. And we can really put it into four different categories. And I think that you might be surprised that you can actually experience stress from some of these places. And the first one would be actually nutritional. So there's nutritional stress. And what would that mean? That would mean if you have toxins, lack of nutrients, maybe too little food and you're starving or too much. Or it can also mean that you're eating foods that you're allergic to or reactive to. And sometimes people think that stress only comes from, well, I'm driving around in the car and I'm getting really mad and upset or I'm really upset at my coworkers. But realizing that even if you seem to have this calm life, but yet you're eating foods that don't react well in your body, that's actually a source of stress for you. And you end up with a physiologic stress response. The second one would be physical stress. That would mean pain. That would be a good example of physical stress. So if you thought of either yourself, maybe right now you're sitting there or standing and you have pain in your neck, your shoulders, your back, that's causing a physiological stress response in your body. Too little exercise is also physical stress, and so is too much exercise. And then inflammation in your body is also a source of physiologic stress. So the first one, nutritional. Second one is physical. The third one is mind and mental. That would entail negative thoughts and a negative outlook 
a negative outlook on your life. So here's an example of that where you might have had this this example for you when you and maybe a friend or a family member or coworker, you're both right there and something happens. But yet your take on that situation is completely different. One person might think it's actually funny and comical and they burst out laughing. And another person might have a response where you get really, really angry. And what we like to think here is that you actually have a choice as to how you digest these situations that you come into, such as driving and people are cutting in front of you. One person could take that very relaxed and just slow down and hang back and let those people drive ahead. Another one is waving their arms and swear two completely different reactions. And this contributes to stress. So we've had one, nutritional stress, two, physical stress, three, mind and mental. And then the fourth one is emotional. And that would be things like not dealing with emotions and holding and hiding them. Uh, Emotions such as the ones that nobody seems to like, like anger and fear and resentment, those kinds of feelings, if those feelings get stuffed down into you and you don't actually address them, they create energy blockages in in your body and then they create a physiological stress response. And I've been saying this word physiological stress response and what I mean by that is an increase in adrenaline and ultimately an increase, kind of a chronic and permanent increase of your cortisol, which is, those are, those are uh, hormones that don't create health in your body. And too much of this stress creates, it's this negative biological and chemical change that actually happens in your body and it affects every single system in your body. And so we can go over some of those systems, like what? The first one is body composition. That would mean like how much fat you have, how much water you have, and how much muscle you have. And when you have chronic stress and chronic high cortisol, that leads to muscle breakdown, and it leads to fat gain. And this high cortisol that some people carry around on a daily basis, high cortisol carries a message to you that says, let's store fat. So for those people, no matter what they're doing, they go, let's, let's go on this nice diet program and they maybe cut back on food and increase exercise and they don't lose weight. Well, if you have excess cortisol in your body on a chronic basis, that's going to be giving you the message to actually burn up muscle and to store fat. So it's not going to, your, your efforts for weight loss aren't going to be very, um, they're not going to work very well for you. The second thing that high stress can affect is your organs. And did you know that at a nice restful state, that most of your blood is flowing to your liver and your kidneys? And that tells you that your body puts a very, very high high uh, reason for detoxification. It sends most of the percentage of blood there. Liver and kidneys are responsible for detox. Now, when you're under stressful conditions, that all changes and the blood is decrease dramatically from the liver and kidneys and your detoxification is not effective at that point. This must affect our digestion as well. Yes, it does. It absolutely affects your digestion because when you're stressed out, the blood is shunted away from your digestive system. So one of the things when we work with the people in the nutrition class series and also with our clients is we make sure that people know it's important to sit and eat in a relaxed state. 
you might envision yourself maybe with a sandwich in your hand racing out to the car and you're talking on the phone and you're late for work and now you're in traffic. That's a stressful situation and it doesn't prepare your body to digest food. And one big reason is because the blood is shunted away from your digestive system. And just looking back uh, for you know into many tens of thousands of years ago when people needed the stress response in order to flee from animals that were going to maybe get you or you're having to run towards animals to kill them so that you could have some food to eat. You need to have that high stress response when the blood is shunted away from the liver, the kidneys, and the stomach so that it goes into the muscles so that you can move and do what you're supposed to do. Today's lifestyle is quite a bit different from that. And instead, we usually get this great big stress response when we're just sitting there. We're actually not running away from any sort of animals. So you're saying that our body responds the same as if we're sitting at our desk and our body responds as if we need to run away from an animal, but really we just are stressed for some other reason. Exactly. And you're just sitting there and you're not using up that benefit that you could have from the high adrenaline and the possible high cortisol at that time to run and, and catch your food. And high stress also affects your immune system. This is really big deal for people because it lowers your levels of the natural killer cells. And natural killer cells, they're special cells. Everybody has them. They're special cells that are responsible for keeping latent viruses and latent just means that they're hiding latent viruses such as shingles and keeping cancer cells in check so pretty much everybody's got these viruses that are just kind of lurking in you and when you have a great immune system for your body and you're healthy they just stay hiding they stay latent and they don't come out but once you're in a high stress state Now you become more vulnerable to get these kinds of viruses such as shingles and also you become more vulnerable to have cancer take hold in your body. And excess stress also shifts the transformation of your amino acids. And we've talked a lot about amino acids being necessary for your brain. You need those in order to feel good and it's shifting. When you have high cortisol and high stress, it shifts your L-tryptophan and it shifts your L-glutamine into something called glutamate. And you might have heard that like um, um, in the Chinese, <laughs> monosodium, MSG, monosodium glutamate. Well, glutamate is actually a brain excitotoxin and it leads to anxiety problems and insomnia and it can also lead to depression in people. And so it's important to know that when you just carry your in the state of stress day after day, week after week, and for a lot of people year after year, you're changing your amino acids, you're changing your neurotransmitters to lead you into a state of, of not health. Now, this high stress also shifts your hormones. Did you know that your body is going to preferentially make cortisol instead of your sex hormones? It says we need cortisol, we need to have the stress response and so instead of going and shifting over to make the sex hormones, it makes your cortisol. This becomes, it's actually a big issue for everybody, but especially for women and people wanting to become pregnant, for men who want to have enough testosterone and for postmenopausal women 
who are relying on sex hormones that come from the adrenal glands instead of the ovaries. Because, you know, before menopause, you rely on your ovaries for your hormones. Once the ovaries are finished, the eggs are over with, you actually have another potential source of hormones coming from your adrenal glands. You can get estradiol from your adrenal glands and progesterone. That's not going to happen when you're in a stressful state. Now, estradiol, Elevated stress also points you in the direction towards insulin resistance. And insulin resistance, remember, that leads us to diabetes, which has just skyrocketed in this country in the last 10 or 15 years. And home and work are places that you are every day. And we want to address this excess stress, and then you can watch your health improve. Yeah, so don't wait for your vacation. Do it now at home and work. And how many of you come home from work stressed out and you're tired and you just want to de-stress in front of the TV? Did, oh, did, you know, did you know that Americans, they watch more than four hours of TV every single day? And the wow, tricky and thing just... is that the TV seems like it's relaxing. But unfortunately, when you watch TV, this is what your brain does. It's normally in this beta state, where beta state means that you're awake and you're alert, really able to pay attention, and you have good discernment. And it switches. When you turn that TV on, within 30 seconds, your brain waves actually switch to what's called a low alpha state and that results in unfocused daydreaming and an inability to concentrate it's really like your brain goes to mush and it becomes highly suggestive so think about all the advertisers on tv it's perfect for them you're sitting there with a mush brain and these ads come on tv and it's easy to convince you to buy those items and most people would benefit from cutting tv time Research has shown that people with ADD or ADHD or any attention and focus trouble, they tend to have too much alpha wave activity already. So that's kind of interesting. You know, a healthy brain would go around during the day with this beta state, alert and active. But we see that people with the attention and the focus problems, they have too much alpha wave activity already. So you can imagine then those people sit in front of the TV and it's more and more and and more low alpha wave activity. And that contributes to an even more reduced ability to concentrate for anybody, but especially for those who already have an overabundance of the alpha waves. And having an abundance of slow alpha brain waves is actually not stress relieving at all. So let's so if- just really quickly discuss a few things that you could do instead of watching TV. And one of the best ideas is exercise. Go outside for a walk and make sure you walk every single day or you exercise a little bit every single day. If you're exhausted or truly tired for exercise, then take a nap or go to sleep. And after you exercise, maybe you take a bath with Epsom salts. That is like my favorite thing to do every evening. And then if you've had plenty of movement in your day, pick up a book, start reading. Or maybe you prepare your food for the following day. You turn on some fun music, start cooking, or maybe even cleaning the kitchen. And then one more idea is just to get out of the house and take a class or start a new hobby. Something really fun like salsa dancing or maybe you learn a new skill. 
And it looks like our show is coming to a close. So let's just really quickly recap some of the things that we learned today. We learned to combine protein, fat, and carbs at every meal and every snack. We learned a few strategies to decrease stress. That's something we're going to pick up in some future radio shows. And we've learned some simple meal ideas, including the crock pot chicken. We've learned that eating protein in the morning can help you avoid afternoon cravings. And we've learned that eating healthy, good fat is beneficial for your brain and all your cells, especially children. So Lucy, be sure to check out the blog at mybodybalancenutrition.com to see that crockpot chicken video. Leave us comments. Join us next week for a discussion on minerals with a focus on magnesium. I'm Lucy along with Madeline and Jeannie. That's our show. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Join Lucy Hewitt for another edition of Body Balance Talk next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, listen to yourself and make it a healthy life ahead.